Hello to everyone tuning into the Highly Optimized Podcast today. My name is Ryan Sprague, and throughout this podcast, I will be showcasing individuals who are living a life beat to their own drum, sharing their stories, and revealing their valuable information for each one of you listeners on how you can effectively take life into your own control, what steps to take to create your own path, and how to maximize your results in manifesting your dreams in this reality. Today on the podcast, we have someone who is one of the biggest badasses I have ever had the pleasure of meeting. He's a United States Marine, having done six total tours in Iraq and Afghanistan, a world-class coach, having helped numerous individuals gain clarity on subjects ranging from fitness to language, a leader in every endeavor he engages in, and most importantly, a source of positivity and inspiration for each person who is lucky enough to call him their friend. Please help me in giving the warmest of welcomes to my man, Doug Piller. What's up, Doug? (laughs) <laughs> what'd you think Ryan, man, dude, <laughs> thank you thank you so much for that yeah <laughs> that dude not, absolutely was, man that, that was that was that, that I'm, I'm, uh yeah all smiles and gratitude on this side of the, of the phone brother thank you yeah well i mean you know like i said i'm gonna bring up that axel rose video once i saw that video you know i'd already writ- written your uh your uh you know your intro but I knew I had to, you know, make it even better. So I went back and I rewrote some things. So I'm like, dude, this guy is a fucking badass. <laughs> so if you can start by, you know, usually I start by asking you to, you know, kind of tell a little bit about your story. But since I mentioned the Axl Rose thing, we just have to tell the listeners a little bit about that. So can you tell a little bit of backstory of what I'm talking about so everyone else can paint this picture? <laughs> yeah, great. Um, so, um, my, well, you know what, that... In telling the, in laying the grounds for the the, uh, the grounds for that story, it does involve a little bit of my story uh, in itself. So I grew up in a very in a very musical household. Um, both my parents are musicians, and uh, you know when the time came for me to you know go off to college and you know uh, choose my field of study, I chose music as my as my field of study. So um, I've been a musician my whole life. It's something that I did. I wanted to make a a life and a career in. Um, you know, circumstances change, mm-hmm. but. Um, I've been performing in one way or another, whether it's in the living room or on stage, you know, since uh, for a very large, for a long time. Mm. And uh, the significance of what Ryan is talking about is, um, as I've gotten, as my as my you know my phases of life have changed, I've, you know, the, the time that I spent in the military was, um, you know, music kind of took a bit of a backseat, uh, you know, to other things that, you know, that that became priority. And in the in the last few years, um, I've rediscovered how much I love it and, uh, have been, um, in, you know, uh, accepting and embracing the fact that I've got a little bit of a talent. So a lot of talent, that, man, a lot right. of talent. <laughs> well, thank you. Right. Yeah. Um, well, so that said, um, two of my closest friends, uh, they were invited to something, an event here that happens in San Diego, uh, every Memorial day. It's called S it's called sing dance crawl. And basically it's, um, you know, it's it's the best pub crawl I've ever I've ever I've ever been on here, and down here in downtown San Diego on uh, on Memorial Day. And again, I received no endorsement for this whatsoever. It's just, <laughs> it's just it's, it's not. but um, but the whole thing kicks off before all the drinking and whatnot starts, and people start having fun. Um, it all starts with a, uh, a big huge event that happens at the House of Blues in uh, here in, San, in downtown San Diego. Um, and what it is is live karaoke, where the house of the, the house of blues, like house band, comes up, and people come up, you know, who have been pre-selected to essentially put on a concert. And um, it's a uh, it's a good time, man. You know, it's like you get like two to three thousand people in the house of blues, and they're all drinking and they're all dressed up in you know costumes and 
Memorial Day, you know, uh, you know, uh, patriotic regalia. And um, it's just it's just a really, really big party. And uh, so they, they attended this one year. And, you know, as soon as they uh, as soon as they saw what, what the, the size of the event, they were like, Doug needs to do this. He absolutely needs to do this. You know, so they reached out to me and they were kind of telling me about it. And of course, I, you know, uh, I didn't really know what they were talking about. I was like, you want me to sing karaoke at a pub crawl? Like, didn't really, I didn't understand, quite understand the, uh, this, this, uh, the scale of it um, until it came time for like, yeah, for the, the event next year. Like they were like, well, hey, like you have to, you know, do you want to do this? I said, yeah, sure. Um, if you want to do it, though, you have to audition. Okay, I'm sorry. I remember now. Mm-hmm. It was a, so you know basically you have to like shoot a video of yourself like choose choose a choose a song from a list, send in a video of yourself singing, and hope for the best. Right? Lots of, you know lots of people audition for this thing, mm-hmm. and uh, I find out like maybe like two days before the event that you know uh, hey uh, not only are you going to sing but you're closing out the show. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so um, so I was like, all right, well let's do this. So on the day of. Um, you know, I, I was like, well, if, if I'm singing, if I'm singing, uh, oh, the song that I chose was Don't Stop Believing. It was like that. They, they wanted to close the show with that one. Mm-hmm. That's the video. That's the video that I submitted. And they're like, this, this, this would be perfect to close the show. So uh, on the day of, um, I went, yeah, I totally went for the full, for the full Axl Rose. I did like the leather pants and the studded, you know, wristbands and the, the long red haired wig with the, the bandana and, and, and the, uh, the aviator shades. You know, and of course, I went like totally, like you know, totally shirtless that day. You and, have to. Uh, which you is, have to. Which was <laughs> hilarious. Which is hilarious because um, everybody told me that I, <laughs> I, I, I was going for Axl Rose, but I'm not built like Axl Rose. <laughs> so, so what ended up showing up on stage was more like Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. <laughs> like, Dude, you look it badass, was, man. <laughs> it was. It was. Like, it was. It was. It was. It was kind of. It was. It was. I got a little pumped, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and uh, so as you know, but it was like man, you want to talk about fear. It's like, mm. you know, here I am, I've been reacquainting myself with music and sort of giving myself little, uh, living room concerts, you know, mm. kind of getting myself back onto the, you know, back into the swing of things and, you know, and just enjoying music on my own for the first time in years. And now I'm sitting on stage <laughs> for like 2000 people, you know, to, uh, to, to belt this tune out. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was intense, man. It was almost kind of like, uh, that, that scene in that movie, um, uh, old school oh, where they yeah. go, the, the guy goes up for the, for the debate and like, <laughs> he like, he just sort of like, he just sort of takes a deep breath and closes his eyes and like this, like, you know, the, this, you know, the, the, uh, the argument comes out of him and then afterwards he just kind of like comes back to reality saying what happened i don't remember, <laughs> I don't yeah, remember yeah. anything yeah <laughs> um so uh yeah it was uh, like so definitely an adrenaline rush man yeah. but um that was um yeah but the fact that my friends like stayed on me about that and were like you absolutely need to do this um we're very very unrelenting and you know uh, making sure that i uh, that, that i submitted my video and that i you know, that, that i uh, that i followed up on it yeah because they were because they were persistent is because it ended up leading, having me having one of the <laughs> the uh the coolest moments of my life i would say i never performed to that many people before and uh you know that it sounds uh cheesy to say that you start singing a song that everybody in the crowd knows and i'd never you see it ha- you, you hear it happening on recordings you see it happen in movies and live uh recordings of of live shows you know where the crowd is singing the lyrics back at the person on stage mm. and i'm and ryan i'm telling you if you've never experienced that firsthand like there's there's no way you could even 
really wrap your head around how cool that moment really is. I mean, like starting to sing, and it's like everybody in the crowd starts singing back, and I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like it, it, it's, it's like I got. Re- I mean, it, was, it took a second for me to like um, to. Like I started to get a little emotional. I had to like sort of like you know shake it off a little bit yeah. and be like, no, 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 we're, we're here. We're here. Like we're, yeah. we're here. To, we're here to, yeah, we're here to perform. There's time and, after uh, to be emotional, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man. It, was, it was a good time. And of course, yeah. you know, um, yeah, it was it was great, man. And um, so I, I go back uh, because of that performance. Um, I go back every year and I and I perform a different song. It's been really cool. That's awesome, man. Yeah, as soon as I as soon as I saw that video, I knew I was like, dude, we have to talk about this because I feel like right now in the world it's such a relevant subject to talk about fear with covid and all this misinformation happening and i know that you like me do a lot of things to train your fear response to train your sympathetic nervous system to remain parasympathetic to add oxygen into your system like we were talking about before the podcast started so could, could you tell the listeners a couple of the things that you do or pretty much all the things that you do that you've had success with in making yourself calm cool and collected um, well, you know, um, the first one I want to, I want to talk about is, is breath. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, I was, I was talking to someone uh, this, uh, this morning about, uh, how people, it's very, very easy for people to forget how it is that they're breathing. And, um, because breathing is something that we do unconsciously, it becomes something that's very, very easy to ignore. Um, but when you think about it, it's one of the most important things that we do. We don't breathe. We don't live, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, as uh, as I'm thinking back to, you know, again, all my experiences with, uh, call it stage fright or mm-hmm. performance anxiety, you know, for public speaking or, um, you know, everything from, uh, you know, um, stressful situations physically challenging situations um you know any 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 you know uh ex, you know event or you know uh, experience where you know adrenaline kicks in and the, and the fight or flight response wants to take over there's always been some sort of a cue to be conscious of your breathing mm-hmm. you know um whether it's in like high school sports um you know uh you know talking about um you know like the way like the way we warm up or you know uh you hear people say all the time, like, you know, just, you know, uh, take, take, take a couple of deep breaths and like, you know, and you, it's easy to, it's easy to just sort of hear that and forget it. Um, it's, but, uh, yeah, breath is for me has been, um, has been something that's been very, very important. And I, I didn't really come into, uh, conscious breath work, uh, any sort of training in that area until it wasn't, it was maybe a few years ago. Uh, and I, and I, and I came into it in a very, very interesting way. Um, I was looking, I was, I was living in Central America, um, and was doing a lot of scuba diving and free diving. And I was looking for a way to increase my breath hold. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's how I discovered, you know, uh, certain techniques for increasing, you know, oxygen in the blood. And that's also how I discovered Wim Hof. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that opened up a, a door for me to step through and it's been, uh, it's been a wild ride. You know, I, I do breath work, conscious, some sort of conscious breathing exercise every single day. Um, and it's been a game changer for me. It really, really has just in terms of being able to, um, you know, whether it's to, to, da- to downrate the central nervous, downregulate the central nervous system. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, there's, um, 
and there's different ways you can do that depending on on what the what it is that you're that you're that you're experiencing, right? You know, there's there's certain types of holotrophic breath work you can do that you know I I would say can uh, disrupt the um, disrupt the patterns that form uh, when during during a panic attack or an anxiety attack. Um, or uh, and there's there's other ways you know so there's ways you can breathe that are really really great when you first wake up in the morning, or right before bed in order to you know in order to uh, to fall asleep faster and to uh, improve the quality of sleep. But um, yeah, conscious breath work has been something that uh, that I've seems seems to be um, the most effective tool that I have for managing stress. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you know one you know one of the things that I uh, that I've I've ended up doing just as a result of being, uh, you know, being an athlete and somebody who enjoys uh, expressing myself physically <clears throat> is, synchroni- is synchronizing movement to breath. Mm. Um, you know, uh, only uh, was it uh, which, which is done, of course, in uh, which is done in yoga. There's certain types of yoga that are from primarily focused on breath. Um, but uh, yeah, anytime that you can synchronize breath to movement, and then if you can synchronize breath and movement to music. Um, that's something, that's something really, really special. Yeah. You know, you bring up a lot Um, of good, you could bring up a lot of good points there. Uh, number one being, you know, like you were saying, breath work synchronized with movement is amazing. That video of you and I believe it's Ian, Ian Gilligan, uh, doing that kettlebell routine is just one of the most important, like one of the most, one of the biggest examples I could see of how breath work is so important in making, maintaining that core engagement so that you're able to do things like that. I mean, that routine was just awesome and very fluid i don't think i ever told you that but <laughs> one of the tickets i can oh. say that too <laughs> it was it was it was funny because um ian's a really really great guy and uh you know he and i uh, he and i met through mark england as well mm-hmm. um it's funny like i met ian the first time i ever did uh like the it was right after the first time i'd ever done combo mm. so like so i'm like i'm like totally blissed out like feeling like the combo glow and just you know reflecting on the events that you know that transpired like that that day in session you know with, with my journaling and my story work and um you know and uh, just you know i got invited by mark to, you know to come up to hang out with a couple people to watch a ufc fight mm-hmm. and i uh, ended up hanging out with ian like the entire night but uh you know he uh, he told me he was a kettlebell instructor he was really he was also like a you know into wim hof and, 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 uh, and breath work and i was like uh you too <laughs> um, so did we just um, become best friends? <laughs> yeah. Yup. <laughs> yup. <laughs> yeah. You want to go take an ice bath in my garage? Yup. Yup. <laughs> um, so, yeah, man. So, it, um, he and I hit it off immediately. And it was, I'm glad he and I finally got a chance to hang out. And it yeah. was, uh, it was like, um, when you, I, I call them, uh, I call them play dates. Mm. Where you get together and it's like, you know, like we both, you know, share something or, you know, try and build, uh, build each other up on something that we're both into, whether it's, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, you know uh, qigong or any or you know whatever the, whatever the case may be um but then also like hey i've been i've uh, i see that you're into this would you mind sharing a little bit with me and then vice versa like let me share something with you that you know that you that you're curious about and um it's been really really cool because ian's uh ian's a badass of, uh, in his own right man that guy that guy does stuff with kettlebells that i've never even seen people do before oh yeah I looked at his page and just saw some of the things he was doing, and it's just amazing because the kettlebell is such an amazing tool, um, and it's something that I'm getting a lot more into now, uh, and it's just it, – it really brings out all the – you know, weaknesses you might have in your core and a lot of different things like that. And, you know, I know you're big in kettlebells. I know you're big into steel mace. And I wanted to ask you, you know, how important do you think it is to, 
you know, train functionally and unconventionally, especially in a world where now we're pretty aware of like the downsides of bodybuilding and, you know, all the steroid use and everything like that. And I know you were a CrossFit trainer in the past and, you know, you do some amazing work with, like I said, the steel mace, the RMT rope. Um, could you give people a little bit of background on what those are, you know, for people that don't know what a kettlebell is or the RMT um, and also the importance behind training unconventionally and for function? Um, yeah, that's a great, that's a great question, man. Uh, and that's, that's been, um, that's been foremost for me, you know, um, coming out of a, uh, a background in, um, you know, uh, what I call <laughs> my exposure to weightlifting was bro science, you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like, basically like, you know, everybody goes and buys Arnold's encyclopedia of bodybuilding and just starts and starts hacking away at it. And then, mm -hmm. and then for like the longest time it was back and buys chest and tries. And then, you know, you get into, you get into the military and there's a specific way that, you know, you're just trying to get in any, any kind of workout because you're just go, 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 go all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, yeah. So, and then, uh, I remember thinking uh, for like the longest time that CrossFit like was like it, CrossFit came into my life at the at the at the the most perfect time possible um, in terms of like just a blending of everything that I was into like oh these guys do kettle these guys do kettlebells oh these guys also flip tires mm -hmm. um, you know I remember um, um, you know and of course the, the things like the major, the major lifts like the deadlifts and you know like the uh, the, like the you know the bench press the same, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of squatting and then things that I'd never done before which is like Olympic lifting and I was like this is awesome right yeah um, so like you know to the point where <laughs> Damn, I made that my I made that my uh, my career for many years. I used to, I used to own a gym here in San Diego, like, and it was um yeah that was that was that was the thing. Awesome. But uh, as far as training unconventionally, um, yeah, it's like um, someone asked me once if I only had if I was training on a desert island with only like a, you know one piece of workout equipment, what would it be? Um, and <laughs> I, my, my number one answer, you know, was like without hesitation was a 53 pound kettlebell. Mm -hmm. Like that, that's it. Cause there's so many different ways, you know, before CrossFit really gained any, any, any traction as a, as a mainstream, uh, you know, modality. Um, I was really, really big into, um, uh, Pavel Setsunlin and uh, a company called Dragon Door. Some of the first, they were the first ones to popularize kettlebells here uh, in uh, in the states. Mm -hmm. um, that's where guys like Steve Cotter and uh, Jeff Martoni got their start. Was filming videos for uh, and instructional stuff for for Dragon Door. Um, and uh, yeah, so I remember like <laughs> trying to trying to appropriate exercises that that's that were kettlebell based, but I couldn't find any, so I was using dumbbells for them and you know trying to look, I, look, I remember at one point uh, having a friend who had a a, a kettlebell fabricated because he knew somebody who did like metal metal working um but uh yes, but kettlebells are you know are um kettlebells are among my it's among my favorite ways to train because it's so versatile and you can uh, it can be used so many different ways and so many um uh, so many different neural pathways that you can you can train with uh, with a kettlebell. Um, you can make it feel like it weighs 400 pounds or you can toss it around like it's, you know, like it's a softball, depending on how, you know, all based on balance, uh, and how much power you can generate through simple movements like hinges. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, you know, if I'm, uh, it, you know, if I'm traveling or if I'm pressed for time or if I'm, you know, if I'm, uh, just 
looking to get out uh, on a like let's call it like a, I call it like a movement break, you know, uh, you know that's um, well, man, here it is. Like I would uh, I would uh, what is it? I would offer that um, the basic Russian kettlebell swing. Right, two hands between you know back back between the knees, you know uh, as far back you know uh, to, to the point of you know feeling a feeling a bit of a stretch, you know violently extend your hips, violently you know like and forceful exhale, right, mm-hmm. and repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat. Like when you think about the neural like the uh, like the um, the musculature involved in that um, kettlebell swing is already antidote to sitting. You know, we spend we spend we spend so much time sitting down, bent over, like looking at our phones, like, um, and a, basically a, a kettlebell swing is the exact, you know, uh, con, you know, contrasting movement to that. And um, yeah, like you know, I always you know, I tell people if you have no time to do anything else, man, some kettlebell swings, kettlebell snatches, that'll do you. That'll Those do you. Some of my favorites. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and it's funny, like, um, the pendulum has swung very, very far in the direction of, uh non-conventional training for for me lately mm-hmm. um i find myself uh doing a lot of um training a lot with the steel mace and exploring the different ways that, that can be utilized um you know uh it wasn't until uh, my my certification with uh with um through steel mace flow and uh and uh leo savage mm. that i realized that i realized i gained a full appreciation of how heavy a 10 pound mace can feel Dude, <laughs> you know, and, I, had um, that, I had that same moment when quarantine started. And I was like, "Oh, I'll grab a ten and fifteen pound. Maybe I'll have a 20. And I was like, just shocked. And then I saw you throwing around that thirty pounder, and I was like, "This guy is a psycho." <laughs> well, there's a there's a fun, there's a really funny story about that, and I like telling this story because, um, um, some, someone someone who I care about pointed this out to me. There was like, you know, uh, did you ever consider that you know what you're doing? Makes seem makes you seem less approachable by people because they seem intimidated <laughs> by what it is that you what what is it you do and I never really considered that because mm. you know uh, um you know I in the you know in the community of coaches in the community of uh, you know people who are mace artists um, it's always like hey like you know here's here's the really cool thing that I'm working on here's the really cool thing that I'm that I'm experimenting with and um, you know trying to explore your own um, your own artistic voice in terms of what comes, what comes out when you, you know, when you, when you're in that flow state, um, just letting, you know, moving with, moving with the mace and, you know, again, finding your center and synchronizing movement to breath, like what comes out. Right. And, uh, <laughs> it's been, um, she was, you know, she was saying that, you know, you ever thought that maybe that seems a little intimidating. So I love this. I love to share this story. Um, <laughs> The first, so when I, the first mace I ever bought was a thirty-pound mace. I remember seeing it on, you know, seeing videos of it, and watching people move with it, and I was like, you know, this, come on, that's a, they, they, they can't possibly, that can't possibly be right. They're using a ten-pound mace for that, like, and here I was, I was full of myself. I'm like, yeah, I bench two, you know, I can, I can rip out two twenty-five on the bench, you know, I got a four hundred-pound back squat, a deadlift four seventy-five, you know, I'll just, you know, I get a thirty-pound mace, whatever, right? <laughs> so the thing shows up and. I get really, really excited about it. I take it out of the box and I hold it and I hold it up and I go to perform again, me thinking that like, you know, Hey, I understand movement. You know, I, you know, I've, I've seen these, you know, these, these movements done. I hold it up and I go to execute what essentially would be my first Mace 360 ever with a 30 pound Mace. 
So here's what happened. It, get, it comes off to the side, like <laughs> gravity takes over and the thing swings down and, and it hits me in the hip as hard as, you know, like basically like, like doing like, I'm lucky I didn't drop it. I, I'm, lucky, I'm lucky I didn't drop it. It's like, and have it fall out of my hands. Right. Oh my God. And it, in the process of bracing my core against that, because I felt it getting ready to happen, I threw my back out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was walking like Quasimodo for like two days. Um, because, you know, because, because I did not, yeah, I didn't fully appreciate, you know, what that, (laughs) how the thing is supposed to move. Right. And here I am now you had to hear me trying to explain to my coworkers, like why, what it was that I was doing that I hurt myself because they knew that I'm an athletic guy. Like, what were you doing? Like deadlifts? What were you doing? Like pull-ups? I'm like, "Mm, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. What's a a steel mace? And then off we go. Right now I have to, (laughs) like, now I have to try and explain. Um, you know, but yeah, it's been, um, it's been, uh, it's very, uh, it's been interesting. So between that and the, uh, and the, uh, and the, uh, the RMT rope has uh, have been like my, my, um, if I get a couple of minutes and I want, and I'm getting outside to move, to get my heart rate up, um, you know, to find, uh, you know, to find a, a bit of a, of a flow state and, you know, um, kind of center myself after a long work day, um, yeah, I, I find myself outside with the uh, with the RMT rope and the mace, um, to the point to the extent where I'm actually considering getting back into training with a barbell and training with more kettlebells lately. Because it really, it's just been a lot of steel mace, a lot of RMT rope, and a lot of body weight stuff. Um, like uh, like you know, I'll, I'll I'll always be doing push ups and pull ups and you know sit ups and hanging leg raises and lunges. It's just one of the things that I that I've I've always you know. That I, I imagine I will always be doing, just because those are those are you know basic human movements and you know it's it's I want to be able to squat when I'm 90 years old so oh, yeah. I squat a lot so I squat a lot. Yeah, same. Um, same. Just, just not with four plates on each side of the barbell. <laughs> yeah, that might not be the most sustainable until you're 90. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, you know I, I've I've got my 400 pound back squat videos. I'm very yeah. very proud of you know I'm very very proud of uh, what I've what I was able to accomplish with my you know uh, what my body has been able to accomplish, and uh, I imagine I still am capable of those things. It's just I I, you know, I needed to recover. Um, after I broke up with CrossFit, I got very very into yoga, mm-hmm. which got me into um, meditation and breath work. And that's where my, my journey started doing a lot of the inner work that led me on the path that brought me into your life, man. It yeah. was, um, that was, you know, wanting to completely reevaluate and revamp, um, my approach to fitness, my understanding of fitness and health. Um, and then of course, being, uh, being a coach and being someone who enjoys teaching and comes alive when I'm sharing information with people that's going to help them. Of course, I wanted to learn, you know, put myself out there and as uh, somebody who is able to help others, you know, and, uh, that's how I ended up meeting you, man. Yeah, man. It's, you know, it was such an amazing, you know, time us meeting for those obviously that are listening that don't know how we met. You know, I went out to San Diego by myself to take uh, Paul Check's holistic lifestyle coaching class. And Paul Check has always been a huge, I mean, he's the biggest. Anyone that knows me is probably shaking their head right now because I never shut up about Paul Check. But <laughs> um, so I go out there alone and, you know, it was my first solo journey. You know, I went out there and had a blast. And the first day I walked into class, you know, I, ended up sitting next to you and it was just so funny because we we immediately started shooting the shit and we immediately got along it was it was literally as soon as you sat down (laughs) and i knew 
Yeah, I knew it was going to be a lifelong friendship. <laughs> yeah, like immediately a side dialogue started. You know what yes. I mean? It was just yes. like, and then, it, and then it was like, I think at the end of the day, by the end of the day, I had your number and was like texting you, like you know, like after the fact, making like, like making jokes and stuff. And it was oh, like, yeah. Um, yeah, I remember. Um, yeah, that was that was uh, that was that was a trip, man. Yeah. It was. Uh, um, <laughs> we that was again. So you so you and I got to you know was it, uh, you were there for my first exposure ever to uh, zone exercises and yeah. uh, and Kong and some of the really really cool movement practice uh, that that were included in that certification. Um, and then um, yeah, that was that was awesome, man. It was like just by virtue of you know where you sit in the shuffle of people. You know, I can make your friend for life. And you know, you could also say maybe it's an East Coast thing. I have no idea. I think you yeah. have a, that, you know, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, but um, yeah, for sure. Us East Coasters, we find each other no matter where we are. You know, I could, I could, <laughs> I could smell your jerseyness from a mile away. You know, <laughs> right? you are from Jersey, right? It's New Jersey. Uh, yes. All right, yeah. memory serves um, me so, correct. Yeah, yeah <laughs> born, born in Jersey, and you know, uh, like did my like you know, my high school, my high school years up into college in upstate New York. Mm-hmm. So, and then um, yeah, so it was uh, that's that's that was my journey, man. And then after college. Uh, rather than um, <laughs> I, you graduate college from a, you know, from a, mu- a, a school of music in a small school in New York, and it's like, well, what, what now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, at that time, it was like, you know, uh, at that time, the only the only viable option, uh, at least in the in the, the 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 realm that I was in, was you know, I'd go back to school for your master's so you can go and teach music. Yep. And um, I was like, man, really, that's it. <laughs> um so and um yeah this is also around the time like 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 a lot of you know like a lot of people i imagine um you know uh, once you're done with your last year of college that's more or less i mean you get a little little bit of a maybe if you're if you're lucky you get a bit of a buffer period you know from uh your folks or whatever in terms of like you know what you're gonna do next but from you know for me it was immediately looking for how now i'm gonna take care of myself after finishing college you know uh, that was uh that was you know uh it was that's when I started to consider um that's when I started to consider you know maybe doing some time in the military you know like my dad was in was in the army and served in Vietnam and even though he spoke very little of it you know whenever he did speak he always made it sound like it was you know a barrel of laughs (laughs) you know um and then of course like you know like my uh like you know the the time period the time when uh when you know when I when I when you and I came up Mm -hmm. um there's, you know, those are the movies you watch, you know, just the, just oh, yeah. the romantic, uh, the romanticizing or the, you know, the glorification of, you know, like my heroes were, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and, you know, uh, John, you know, and, uh, and uh, Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. yeah. It was, you know, it was, it was, um, I knew you were going you know, there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Of like, course. You know, so, um, so that was, uh, so of course, why not? You know? Yeah. Uh, and of course this is all prior to anything happening. Um, you know, uh, this is prior to anything happening, you know, in uh, in New York in two thousand in September eleven, you know, two thousand eleven. So two thousand one, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, it wasn't until after I had made my decision to go into the Marine Corps that uh, that uh, <laughs> that all happened. Mm-hmm. I remember, I'll never forget this. Like my phone rings, and it's a it's a buddy of mine who is at the time um, one of my like you know the kid I used to you know grow up like drinking and getting high with and stuff, right? And like one of my stone my stone buddies who's you yeah. know. <laughs> Uh, who's actually 
still in that town. Still doing the exact same thing. Um, I love that one guy. <laughs> right. Picks up the uh, picks up the phone and he says to me, he's like, uh, "Hey man, you might want to turn on the TV and consider if you want to if you still consider if you still want to be a marine." Um, and I did. And um, yeah, something came over me that I never experienced before, man. It was like a this very very. Um, I was. Um, not necessarily a, a sense of calm, but the sense of um, a very, very clear determination to do something, right? Yeah. Um, up until that point in my life, you know, I had a very sort of <laughs> uh, liberal arts, you know, music, long, long, you know, ponytailed, you know, Birkenstock mm-hmm. uh, up, upbringing, right? <laughs> and there is, uh, you know, and I, of course, like, you know, my parents split up when I was young and um, you know, going through most of my young life without like some solid, uh, you know, uh, male role models. There's this whole aspect of my personality that I never really explored. Right. Um, you know, I had been an athlete when I was younger and stuff, but this is something that I, you know, I, I, you know, I kept up my fitness, you know, as much as possible when you can, you know, when, when you're in those college years, I used to, I've been in the water, like lifeguarding and, you know, uh, being uh, around boats, my, you know, like almost every summer for all my life. Right. But, um, this is different. And, um, yeah, so it was, uh, I remember like people were amazed. They're like, Doug Pillar's going to do what? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's like, yeah, I get to shave off my ponytail and, um, and, uh, go stand on the yellow footprints in Paris Island. And, um, yeah, I went to Paris Island, South Carolina, October, October, 2001. That was a month after everything happened, uh, in, in NYC. And, um, it was intense, man. <laughs> it was intense. Um, so yeah. But um, that's a long answer to your question, but that no, was my... No, no, uh, dude. I love the long um, answers, man. You have so much story to you, and I love digging deeper and deeper into your story because every time we speak, I learn something new about you. And it's really cool because, first of all, I love people like that. I'm a storyteller myself, and I have, you know, I love just the art of storytelling, which is probably why we're both story work coaches now. Um, but, yeah. But, you know, I had a question for you. So... Yeah. You mentioned role models and, you know, obviously I know now, you know, your role in leadership has been huge and that's, you know, pretty much what you specialized in in the, in the military from what I've, you know, talked to you about before in the past. And yeah. how has your military training helped you form your role as a leader, you know, even past when you've, you know, like in other endeavors in your life and just as in your life as a whole? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to questions. Go, no, 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 no. This is, we're gonna, you know, we're. I want, I, I want to tell you everything that I can about that, and it's like, a, I, but it, it would take me three hours to get to you, <laughs> like, to get, no, to get into like, like the full out, like the really, like, um, or maybe, or maybe not. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I can distill it down to a couple, of, to a few very simple things. Mm-hmm. And what's coming up for me right now is, um, being in the military gave me to be a leader and also put me and also uh, exposed me to a number, a myriad of experiences where different types of leadership are required. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but the one thing that the military could never gave me or could never give me Mm -hmm. that I believe made me such an effective leader was, um, empathy Mm. and and compassion. Mm -hmm. Um, and an understanding of an ability to, an ability to see people and to meet them where they're at. Right. You know, it's very, very easy in certain organizations to just, you know, hey, if you can't uphold the standard, you're gone. And for the most and for the most part, that is still the case. Right. But um, it's, you know, 
it's what I understand about leadership. It, it, it it's been contrary to what what I think a lot of people would assume about military leaders. Um, you know, and it's um it's about it's about not being well, not being afraid to be vulnerable, not being afraid to be authentic. Right? Um, there's a there's a good there's a there's a definitely a, a a fine line between being accepted by you know by the troops and you know being uh, uh, warmly welcomed by them into into their into their into their uh, world or their um, conversations or whatever the case may be. Um, and having to be a leader to them and you know when it's when it's hard when, when, tough, when tough decisions need to be made um being unafraid and accepting that you have to make them um and accepting the consequences of, of those uh, of those of those actions right whether they be for you know for better or for worse um and what the military definitely taught me about leadership was what it feels like to fail as a leader um, that's something that I carried around for a very, very long time. So it was coping with a lot of the, um, my shortcomings and my failures as a leader, you know, and that's what led me into a lot of the inner work that I do. Cause it wasn't until I started really tugging on those threads of, you know, why do I feel that way? And where is this coming from? And what do I really believe about myself? If that's what I believe. Um, and, um, yeah, so pulling on pulling on on those threads is what is what brought a lot of that stuff out. But you know, um, am I was that what you were trying to ask about? Um, yeah, like leadership. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, I, I'm just, I, I no, went that was, no, that was perfect, man. And I'm, dude. It was great that you segued into inner work because that was literally my next question. Was <laughs> I was I was going to say that you know how much importance do you place these days? on checking into your inner world. You know, I really like the process you just went through with the questions you ask yourself because I find that with my clients coaching and also with myself that the realization that I was not my thoughts really allowed me to become my own leader, right? Speaking of leadership. And that, you know, stepping into those shoes and then helping other people has been the best gift that I've given myself ever, you know? And so... Those questions that you asked yourself of like, why am I feeling this way, et cetera, and not really having an agenda to it, just you know, genuinely asking yourself. I feel like yeah. those types of questions are, for me, so important. And you know, that's why every morning, the first thing I do is I'll strap on my CES device. I don't know if you've ever used one of those, but they're, they're amazing. It's a cranial electrotherapy stimulation device. Um, is that the, uh, is that, is that the, um, like the headset with the, the LED lights? Uh, nope. It's um, so it's similar to that, but it has these little tiny. It looks like mine looks like an iPod Touch actually, um, and okay. then it has these little like diodes, um, the like, little clips that go on your ears, and it sends small shock waves into your brain and pretty much trains your cranial nerve to be more relaxed. Um, is the understanding I have of it, but it. It will crush your anxiety like right off the bat. So I'll put it on the second I wake up because that's when I usually find my thoughts are just kind of like, you know, cascading. And Mm -hmm. then I'll go do breath work. I'll meditate. And then during my meditation, I actually just, you know, have the thoughts come into my brain. And I ask myself, okay, are those thoughts thoughts I like? If not, why not? If so, cool, let's run with them. But what importance do you place on regularly checking in to your inner world? Oh, um, I place the highest importance on it. Mm. Um, you know, um, mindfulness, 
Um, I mean, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm mindful in every single thing that I do. Like, you know, like here I am cracking the, you know, the tab on my Bud Light, you know, <laughs> like doing, doing, doing so mindfully and invoking, you know, and invoking, you know, the, the spirit of celebration. Yeah, no, it, it's like, you know, which, which, you know, actually, which actually sounds kind of fun, you know, or not, not fun, but like, it sounds like something really cool to do. Like I'm invoking the spirit of celebration. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, it's all, um, it's, it's all what you believe. I mean, like I firmly right. believe at this point and again, it's what, what you believe you become you know i think it i think we're honestly going to figure out that even though life and the brain and the mind and human nature and the universe are so complicated i really feel like it just comes down to what you believe you become i mean why else you know of course genetics play into it but why are some people able to live so unhealthily but if they're happy and they believe that like you know drinking 10 beers a day really helps them um some of those people end up living to 80 or 90 and you know again of course yeah. genetics do play into it but I got to believe that there's something else going on there, you know, and I oh, think yeah. it's, I think it's your belief system. So yeah, I, I totally, um, totally. Yeah. Belief that. system. It's like, you know, it's, um, you know, there's the, the brain the central nervous system and, you know, uh, the idea that your body is your mind. Um, there's, that's, that's, there's, there's a lot of meat on that bone, man. Like you can, there's, there's a lot going on there and, you know, we're only, I mean, you know, I'm not a neuroscientist. I've never done any, like, you know, any actual scientific research on, you know, uh, neural, neural pathways, but, um, I believe that, you know, we're just now starting to unlock what the brain is capable, what the, the mind is capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's funny that, you know, you know what, as I say that I'm chuckling because I also want to say that you know, uh, shamans in the, you know, in places like the Amazon and places who have never seen an iPod have understood more about the brain than, uh, than we ever will. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, through just, again, as, as you said, just really, you know, in staying in touch with their, being in touch with their bodies and, um, you know, paying attention to the, to the things that matter, like, like, like breathing, like, like breathing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, it's funny that you talk about, um, the uh about checking in um yeah it's you know it's i place a lot of importance on it and what i struggle with uh, in what i've been struggling with in the last uh few months here again because you know um has been um consistency in doing that right and i i have this laundry list of different ways that i can do that you know for me lately um the steel, steel mace flow has been a huge part of that, and you know, on we could talk later. I'll, I'm I'm happy to talk about how I. When people ask me what the mace is. I tell them that it's a tool that I use to heal my own emotions, right? Mm-hmm. To express to express my emotions. Um. So, and if that being so new to me, I mean, I only I only really 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 concentrated on on really uh, getting into uh, mastering the mace. Maybe what February uh, this past February. So it's been something that I've been, you know, like very, it's new to me. So that's where I'm, that's where I find myself seeking that outlet. But, um, but yeah, like I, uh, like something as simple as a 45 minute walk, you know, uh, something that's something that you and I learned from Mark England in the, in the Olympic program, um, the, just the value of put your phone in a drawer, right. And go for a 45 minute walk. And usually I end up going for a longer one because I like walking. Yeah. Um, but allow your allow your thoughts allow your mind to wander allow your thoughts to roam right come back um you know like check in like you know at the same way you would in a meditation you like the thoughts come in right you know do i want to explore that um or or not and if, if, I, if I don't like what's what i'm thinking then why is it that i feel that way and then you know coming back from that walk and immediately just opening up your journal mm-hmm. and just and just go and just go right um 
something that I place a lot of importance on is a daily journal practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it's, uh, you know, um, there's there's a, there's a whole series of prompts that you know that that I that I have, and you know, I, I get them from all different kind all different places. I get them from my you know from my peers, and uh, you know, just sort of listening like what other people are journaling about or recommending that I journal about. And just take five minutes, man. Take take a few minutes, you know, to get whatever's in your head out onto paper. Um, and, you know, even non-prompted, like, you know, if you're having an emotion, if you're having, if you feel like if you're waking up and you, if you wake up and you feel stuck and something's bugging you or whatever, um, take a few minutes to write it out. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's a, there's a, there's an image of like this person, this, this figure of a human who's like sitting at this table and they're like, they're bright red. Right. Mm-hmm. And then like the, the next clip is of them like writing down on a piece of paper and it's like now they're now they're only half red right <laughs> but the book is turning red right and in the last in the last image like the, the like the human figure is completely is completely green but the book is red right and it's like that's that's the best description i can give of what journaling means to me right if i'm having if i'm if i'm trying to work through something um if you know it's like yeah having people to talk to is nice um especially if they're people who think and speak a certain way you know because there's a way that you can receive feedback on what it is that you're thinking or maybe even validation um but i I find it's best to check in with yourself what do you really feel about that what do you really believe about that and why um one great practice that i recommend for people when they're having an emotion um and um there's a little bit of there's a little bit of of of, of vocabulary work in this. And when someone says that they feel something, they, they feel a certain way, or like I feel like this, or I feel you know uh, bad about this, right? You know, the cue is to stop them and be like, well, what do you really feel? Like, what is that? What you know? So like when so emotions, and this was. It took a while for me to, to to grasp, but like I, but I, I fully I fully believe it now. Emotions find places to get stuck mm-hmm. in the body, right? If you're feeling sadness, or you're feeling anxiety, or you're feeling anger, try and pinpoint where in your body you feel that. Where is that showing up? Is it a tightness in your throat? Is it a coldness in your in your in your in the in the fists you're making? Right? Where is that? Where is that that emotion manifesting? Right? And again, this is, uh, this is, you know, what I will, you know, this is how I coach people through anxiety attacks. This is how I coach people through like we're processing heavy, heavy emotions, focus on breath. Right. And there's techniques in Wim Hof that you can use to essentially breathe and then force oxygenated blood into those areas. Right. In order to, in order to, to, to have them relax and have them, you know, have them uh, create space for you to expand even deeper and take in more oxygen. Um, and, um, yeah, man, like it's, if, you know, when I don't know, I'm not, I'm not, the, if, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not sure if that's something that you've, you've heard before or something you've ever, ever oh, tried, dude, but definitely um, 100% I've heard that. And I right. do that with my own breath work. Um, yeah. You know, a funny thing that I thought of when you mentioned that was, you know, back right after my dad passed away, uh, which was in 2015, about a, like about six months later, I, you know, I had had a really, really, really tight upper neck and traps, you know, and, and again, like this kind of falls into the realm of, you know, a lot of bodybuilders and exercise addicts, you know, we, we, 
you know, we tally up our injuries and whatever, and we don't really pay close enough attention to them. But what happened was my nervous system was just so overloaded with information because I kind of just took his death and kind of went forward. And, you know, I thought I was dealing with it. I talked about it. You know, I tried to do all the things that, you know, I thought you were supposed to do. But, you know, again, at that point, I was like, oh, you know, everyone's infinite. No one ever passes away. Of course, you know, that kind of thought. But I didn't allow myself to really be human with it, you know, which humanity, you know, when we're human, people do leave, right? And they aren't here anymore. So by not being able to process that, I started getting a tighter and tighter neck and back of my neck. And um, one day I remember waking up specifically and I knew for 100% fact that I should not train that day. I was like, ooh, things are really tight. You know, I really shouldn't train that day. But, you know, as I'm sure you know, exercise is like our medicine. You know, it's like it's my cup of coffee. You know, it's 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 a lot of things for me. So, you know, yeah. I woke up and I, yeah, I started stretching. And, you know, I was like, ah, oh, you know, I convinced myself you'll be fine. It'll be fine. You know, so I did squats and pull-ups, you know, something that I do all the time. And the next day I woke up, man, and I like, you know, the the hand of the universe had beaten me down. And, you know, the front of my neck now was the tightest I could ever met my throat muscles. Like when I would swallow, I could feel each muscle working. It was the the most creepy thing I've oh ever I, gone I, I know that dude. i know that feeling i know oh, that feeling well oh, it's dude, so gross. it was so <laughs> gross man and like so it really freaked me out and so what did i do i focused on it right constantly that's all i ever thought about was what muscle is this what muscle is that where does this muscle go right so i actually the first panic attack i ever had i was going to electric forest that year um in michigan and it was a 16 hour car drive there the whole car ride there i spent looking on my phone of what muscle this is how do i release that whatever by the time i got there I was so wound up tight, right, that it was, you know, what I was expecting was, it was like there was a a traffic jam in my mind, but I thought by injecting more cars, aka more thoughts, that the traffic jam would get better, right? (laughs) But like, you know, I think that's that's like the famous uh, Albert Einstein quote, which is you can't solve a problem from the same level of thinking that created it, and which has become a mantra of mine now, because it's something that I fall into a lot, where I try to problem solve everything, and, you know, I think that's, you know, a guy thing too, we just try to solve every problem, and you know, and again, like it didn't do me any good. So what finally worked was, and it's funny, like I'll still wake up with a tight, if I miss meditation for two days, I'll start getting my neck tightened up a little bit again, because it's funny, like I always undervalue, you know, like you were talking about, sometimes you, it's hard to stay consistent. I'll do the same thing where I'm like, oh, well, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And the first thing to get cut sometimes is meditation. Well, that's something that in you know, recent months, I've really, 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 since COVID happened, I've really been taking my time and not even timing my meditations, just going out. And whenever I come back, I'm, you know, is it the time I end? But yeah, tuning into where those areas of discomfort are coming from has been a game changer for me. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, you can then, I mean, you know, if you believe in energy centers of the body, if you believe, if you believe in chakras, like that yep. takes it, a, that takes it a level deeper, right? It's like, you know, what's the, uh, how, you know, why is it showing up for me? Like as a, is a, you know, in my, in my throat, is it something that I, is there something like that, that I'm, is there something that I'm holding back? Is there, is there opinion that I'm not expressing? Is there someone who, you know, is close to me that I love who is hurting themselves and I, you know, and I, and I don't want to say anything because I don't want them to, dis, to dislike me. You know, it's like, um, you know, it could be any number of things, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, that's, uh, yeah, really interesting. Very, very interesting, man. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like, just, you know, but, but that gives you, it's like, it's another way of, of, of just remembering that, that emotions are energy in motion. 
Yep. Right. And then people process things differently, you know, and again, as you said before, like exercise is our, it's our cup of coffee. It's our, it's our medicine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, more often than not, like, you know, uh, people, if someone's stressed out or having like a rough day, like, you know, it's the simplest thing. No one does it because it's so simple, right? Because <laughs> yeah. it, it, just, it just seems, it just, dude, drink a glass of water and go for a walk. Yep. Like, you know, and it's like, I can't say how many times I, I've done that. I'll push back from my desk, you know, I sort of like, you know, like work, work my neck and do a couple of circles, take, you know, take, take a big, big drink of water and just go for a walk around the block. And it's like, really? That's all I needed? All I need, <laughs> like, dude. It's know? so funny. And, you know, I think, you know, having known you now for a couple of years or a year and, you know, seeing all the things you go through, you're very similar to me where we're just, you know, you seem like someone who is so just genuinely like interested in life and so excited to learn. And I know you've done a lot of coaching programs and one that you talked to me about back at HLC one was training camp for the soul. And I feel like what we're dancing around right now is a lot of probably what you went through at training camp for the soul. Could you speak to the listeners about what that is and how that influenced who you are today? Um, well, it's influenced me in, in, in a number of different ways, but um, most significantly, significantly, it was that was the that was the opening of the closet, man. That was the um, that was all the skeletons. Um, you know, I'm finally gonna. I finally got to understand how many are in there, and I got to understand. You know, I, I, it wasn't rather than just look at them. I took them out, sat them down, dressed them up. <laughs> you know, like, gave, 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 gave them names and spent five days. Um, you know, uh, like working through a lot of, through a lot of that stuff. And, um, you know, uh, hopefully not, not giving away too many of the, too many of the, of the cards here and, you know, being respectful of like what, uh, of what a not, uh, a not, a not Paris and like blood. So, uh, actually I believe it's, um, it's, uh, a not Paris now and Chris Marhefka mm-hmm. are the, are the, the two individuals who are facilitating uh, training camp for the soul. And, um, really what it is, it's a lot, of, it's, it's when, when I went through and did it, um, this is right after they began, I believe going to one, the one that I attended was the second one they had ever done. And, um, it's, uh, it's a lot of what we're talking about. It's a lot of relaxation techniques, um, you know, uh, like synchronizing movement to breath. It's very, very, it's, it's getting yourself into that vibe of just being mindful and being grounded the whole time. That's, 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 that's the foundation that you lay. Um, you know, there's a, there's, there's movement practice throughout the day. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of guided meditation. Um, and, um, and, but you know the the powerful thing that happens up there is um, the, the the small I won't say I won't even say community um, but it's a small it's a small family that forms up there depending on I know uh, Chris and Anat they limit the they limit the attendance for training camp to maybe six people six or seven people and um, that's important right and um, it's uh, and I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll explain later on. Mm-hmm. But um, I remember the first day um, we did, um, you, should, like, you, know, you, you basically get to getting to know you with all the people. And then you, uh, you get a little bit of procabulary training, um, and which is, I think, I, I think is smart. Uh, it's, you know, immediately, you know, trying to have people be more um, mindful of the, the language that they're using as they go through, as they go through the rest of the, uh, of the, um, the retreat. So, um, because you're going to be talking about a lot of feelings and making a lot of observations about yourself, we want to use clear language in what it is that we're identifying and what it is that we're saying 
about ourselves uh, and about other people, right? So um, you learn how to like. Uh, there's another. There's a, there's a game uh, that we that's done in. Um, uh, I, I believe it's done in the Strong Coach as well. I, I, um, but it's it's a uh, it's uh, a game called I notice, I imagine, I feel, right? Um, and uh, so, I mean, we don't we don't have to get into the details of it. I know we're we're getting we're we're running short on time here, but you and I um, can go for it, six hours, man. This is going to be a six part series. <laughs> yeah, it's been it, it's been an hour, and we're not even we haven't scratched the surface, brother. Mm-hmm. Um, which I which I was stoked about. I was that's what I said to you before we started. I'm like, I hope that we forget that we're on a podcast. Oh, dude, it's happened <laughs> to me three times so far. <laughs> like, what are these headphones right? somewhere? Oh, wait, podcaster. Like, like, yeah, right. <laughs> um, like the sound guy stands up. Like taps his watch and you're like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, so yeah, um, just understanding that like you know, um, uh, you know, using it, what is that you think versus what it is that you imagine that leads into the story and the narrative that you form, um, and then you know uh, the things that you notice. Uh, these are things that you can actually like see, you know, touch, taste, hear, you know, um, like just separating sensations from emotions as well, you know. Um, so um, instead of saying, oh, I notice that you're mad at me or something like, no, you don't. You're, you're imagining that I'm that you're that, 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 that I'm mad at you. What you're noticing is, is my 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 body language has changed. Right. So so there's a little bit of language training in there. Mm-hmm. But um, what you what is it? What what's powerful about, about uh, TCS or training camp for the soul is. um it's uh when you get into like you take turns sitting in you know uh, in essentially group therapy and you're there with uh, it's uh one person is in is in what they call the hot seat and you know and both uh Anat and Chris and at that time it was it was Anat and it's Mike or you know asking a series of questions um based off of um an extensive series of forms um questions that you answer before you even show up for the for the retreat um and that with it so there's those questions that people are that they're you're uh, they're, you're being asked based off the answers that you've given to these you know things events from your past and relationship with mother relationship with father um and then what you do is you go deep down those rabbit holes it's like you know um it's a lot of It's re- I mean, it's really, really special, Ryan. Um, it's the first time that I've ever. Um, you hear that? You hear the phrase like your inner child, you know, and it just becomes, it becomes like a, like a buzz term, you know, like healing your inner child. And I was introduced to, and I got to re-embody and um, and to reacquaint myself with my inner child. And the idea is that's the most honest representation in that you really are, right? Who are you? Who were you before the world dimmed your shine? You know, what what did you, you were capable of anything. When you thought you were capable of anything, what did you want to do with your life, right? Um, when you when, when you felt love, what did that feel like, right? When you, when you gave love, what did that feel like, you know, through the, through the, through the, through the lens of being a child, right? Um, and of course, like the work that, that gets done around mother and father while you're in that, while you're in that space. And um, a lot of stuff comes out, you know, uh, the, 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 the facilitators are really, really good at sifting through what it is that you're saying, getting to the real underlying issue of like where it's, it's tra- I mean, it, um, it, I, I, I'm hesitant to use the term, but it's trauma work. Yeah. Um, the, the idea is of what, you know, the, I, I, I'll answer my own question. 
what is it that changes you from that innocent eight-year-old into you know something else, right? And it's trauma. Mm-hmm. And trauma doesn't necessarily doesn't have to, it doesn't have to mean violence or abuse. It just means something left a mark. Um, and what Anat and Chris are really, really good at doing is helping you to to get down to the nitty gritty and understand like, what what that mark is, and, and helping you to understand there. And then the real work because now <laughs> now you have to figure out um, like what to do about. It. You know they can you to the you know to the water and you know, they can't make you drink. You know so um, I mean the coming out of this story, like the, the hardest part for me about TCS was reintegration after I left. Because when you're there, you're with, you're with a small group of people and you're all sharing, you know, like, hey, it's my turn to speak about this. And no one, the only people who are speaking other than the person who's in the hot seat of the facilitators, everyone else is just there to hold space, you know? And something very, very magical happens because you're all there and you, you're, or at least you're asked not to say anything. You're asked not to interrupt, like you know, the, the process. But you're sitting there and you're watching this person come, completely unglued, right? Like they're being their most vulnerable and their most authentic. And what it does is, because you would think that people would be reluctant to want to share and go that deep in a group setting, you know. But I think it's magical because because you've got this sense of people who are going through the same things, maybe not for the same reasons, but who are experiencing the exact same emotions around the same types of trauma. And um, what it happens is the sense of community that that, that that forms in there, it makes it so that there is no there's no limit to the healing that can happen there. There's no judgment and there's no there's no there's no bias and there's no um, you know, everyone's on their own path, you know, for better or for worse. But I mean it's been um it's uh you come out of it and it took me I was high I felt like high for like four days afterwards. <laughs> um it was like did that just fucking happen? Like what I mean I was I was I'm still processing things that came up for me while I was at T C S you know. Um I mean if anybody's out there listening i highly recommend that you uh that you uh, look at check out uh, training camp for the soul they have an instagram page um Anat, uh is the uh is the creator of this and um um she's my sister yeah i'm actually you know it's it's funny you mention that because i'm actually in conversation with them right now because it's it was my big thing before covid happened i knew for a fact i was like okay tcs is this year's thing that and hlc2 you know but that yeah. all got um, you know, canceled. So I'm actually in conversation with them right now asking about, you know, what their kind of plan is moving forward in terms of, uh, you know, whether they're going to do in person, whether it's going to be online. So yeah, I can't wait to take it, man. It's, it's, uh, you know, I totally understand um, the value in trauma work and, yeah, you know, in yeah. releasing the inner child. So important. So important. Um, yeah. And I'll make, a, I'll make a plug on behalf of Chris and Anat. I know that they do, um, they do group calls that are free to anyone, mm-hmm. but they do like, uh, it's like a, it's like a, it's pieces of TCS, right? Certain exercises, but they do support calls and, co- and group calls. I believe every Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, don't quote me on that, but I know that uh, I know that Chris, uh, Chris is always posting up. It's either Thursday or Friday. I might be getting it confused with uh, with uh, Supercharger Affirmations, which is Mark England's uh, Mark England's England's free group. Yeah, that's Thursday. Um, I'm pretty sure. I think. Right. Yeah, yeah, I be- yeah. I be- yeah, I believe uh, TCS. The same type of group call is on is on Fridays. I highly recommend you check it out. Um, usually there's some breath work involved and, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, it's, uh, I recommend it as kind of like a window into what's available or if you really want to go down that rabbit hole and really start to pull on some of those, as a knot would say, uh, I, I use the term threads, like we'll pull on that thread. I'm not like to use the term weeds. 
like you're like, you know, like your, your soul is a garden and sometimes it gets weeds and you got to pull on those. And sometimes they're really, really big. And sometimes they don't yeah. want to come. Right. Yeah. Um, sometimes you'll pull it and it grows back. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, you got to get the roots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, it's funny because, um, you know, personally I find that's why, I mean, unless you learn, you know, different tools, uh, you know, and you go to different places where you can unpack your, you know, years of trauma and your years of just stuff that is accumulated, you know, you can't really help others. And, you know, like Gandhi always said, if you want to find yourself, lose yourself in the service of others. So I feel like the world right now is in so much need of individuals like yourself that are willing to go through, you know, like, you know, very vulnerable times and, and a lot of, you know, unhappy stuff to be able to unpack that and come into, you know, your role as, you know, like you said, a leader and someone people can look to for answers. And that's why I know I got into coaching. That's why I know you're a coach because we genuinely love helping people. And there's yeah. no, there's no better feeling then like Mark said, you know, it's like those little cognitive shifts when you're coaching someone and, you know, you ask them a question and they start going down this thing and they go, oh, and then, you know, there was a shift that happened. And that's yeah. what I think is so important about coaching versus therapy, you know, and I went to school for psychology, so no diss on therapy, but, you know, a lot of times it reinforces the story, whereas coaching can help unlock that story and actually have people come to their own conclusions because I firmly believe that we have all the answers within us for everything we'll ever need to know, but we have to re-member how to do that, you know, and how to become yeah. the leader of your particular and individual <sighs> Y-O universe, you know? <laughs> Dude. Dude. <laughs> Man, that is that is dude. That wow. All right, and all right. I'm. So I'll, you know what? I'll go there. Um, just something that is that that right there. What you just said has been has been a message that the universe um, has been sharing with me a lot. Right, um, and it's something that like once I noticed it, I started noticing other people say it. Or when I would when I would say it to people, it immediately resonates. And it's the idea that um, it's the idea that there's no the idea that we are evolving backwards, mm -hmm. okay? Like, and so if I, this is this is good, this is going to be out there, right? So just bear with me, Aaron. I'm, I'm very the idea, out there. <laughs> the, no, the the idea that the body starts as just as a small seed and it grows and it evolves and then begins to decay, right? Mm -hmm. Is for me that's almost like its own process, right? I'm thinking about how the mind evolves, mm -hmm. right? It's like you 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 it's. And the reason why I say we're evolving backwards is because I think the only reason why the brain stops stops growing is because the is because the shell dies, right? Mm -hmm. um, and this idea that our brains can expand to, you know, uh, our, our 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 consciousness, right? Our understanding of uh, of, of reality or you know the, the the layers you know in between reality and, uh, and illusion. Um, the, 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 there's un, there's potential for unlimited growth there, but the reason why we haven't reached it is because our bodies only live maybe a hundred and hundred two hundred years if you're lucky, right? Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I think the two hundred year thing it's you know we'll see, right? Um, <laughs> Fingers that's, crossed. That's, yeah, you have, you have to move. You have, you have to move to China for that one, I think. Um, but uh, but but the idea is we're evolving in reverse, and we're not learning anything. We're just remembering. Mm -hmm. Right, and it's like you say, like anything that you've ever done for yourself to learn something about yourself as a leader, or as an athlete, or as a coach, or as a as a partner in a committed relationship. Right, 
um, yeah, it, it's we, we pay people the compliment of saying you taught me this. Mm-hmm. But really, what it is is they just helped you remember something that you always knew. And when you and when something is when something is genuine, and something is real, like you just know it. Like there's no there's no way that it can't be true because I feel it in my heart, in my soul, in my gut. Right. Um, that's that's the universe. Not you're not learning anything. You're just remembering that you've always known that. You've always had the ability to heal yourself. You've always had the ability to 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 make the you know to crush it in uh, in your job or to or to be a great dad um you know and this idea that we're that we're we're going back right you were talking about how um talking about your um the death that you were dealing with how like you know like uh, every everything's infinite and there's no such thing as life or death like i believe the same thing um but um yeah, it's it's you know, but the idea of this unlocking, right, of things—you're not learning things; you're just unlocking things that were already stored up inside of you. Yeah. Um, and as as I get deeper and deeper into experimenting with, you know, uh, being in a flow state, whether it's through movement or through breath, or even just being in the zone, you know, um, in in my in my job. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a it's a powerful message that I that I've been journaling a lot about lately. Yeah, I love yeah. that man, and. You know, so as we wrap up here, you know, where can people find you to learn more about you? You know, we got to do a round two with this man. You and I could go for literally hours on this. But until that I time, we, I, I, I think we got through like one page of the dude, questions that you I, here, right? We didn't even make it through one page. Literally, we just went off. And that's, you know, what I love about you and what I love about, you know, my soul brothers and my soul sisters, especially like yourself, where, you know, it's just it's all flow. You know, and that's the most yeah. beautiful part about this, you know, and, and that's really, I feel like to me, a huge, you know, uh, like identifier of the people that I am meant to be around is when I'm around them, time is, you know, not even a factor. It flies by and you really are just in the flow. So yeah. where can people find you to be able to get into the flow with you? Uh, right now, the best place is on Instagram. Um, that's uh, so my uh, my my username is. Dougie P. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you'll, uh, you'll find me on Instagram. I'm also, you know, uh, okay. I'll say it here on this podcast. I'm, um, you know, I'm getting, uh, I'm, I'm poising myself to roll out, uh, the, um, a community of, uh, of, uh, uh, steel mace practitioners and artists and, you know, uh, like, you know, people who want to learn more about the mace here in San Diego. So I'm getting to roll out San Diego steel mace. Um, awesome, so, we'll, you know, again, COVID has put a damper on that, right? <laughs> but know, at the same time, <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. But, uh, we'll see, but that's my, uh, that's my, my latest and greatest, man. And I, I'm looking to, um, I want to share this, uh, I want to share what it is that I know. And, um, people, you know, it was one of the, a recent, um, sorry, <laughs> Instagram is the best place to find me, but I want to take one, <laughs> one more small tangent, man. Yeah. Um, what is it? Uh, someone recently asked me, no, it was a journaling prompt that I received and it was, what do people, what question do you get asked the most? Mm-hmm. What do people want to know about you the most? What if you, what question do people ask about you the most? And, um, you know, as a prompt to be like, Hey, well maybe you should be doing more of that. Yeah. And is what is what it is that is interesting you the most or has most of your attention? Is that what people are asking you about? Or are they asking you about this other thing that maybe you have potential to share with people and, you know, make into some sort of contribution a greater contribution mm-hmm. um right now for me that's a steel maze so yeah. that that's where my head's at i really enjoy it and you, all of the other training that i've had as far as you know movement and breathing and you know mindfulness and you know doing uh, trauma work and being conscious of my emotions um the steel maze i found has 
been a really uh, there's an interesting way that the steel maze ties that all together for me and we can talk about that on another podcast but um yeah man this was this was awesome bro (laughs) this has literally been one of my favorite podcasts i've ever done it's like i i swear man the time flew by i cannot believe it's already been an hour it's like you know it's funny we all know time is an illusion but you know sometimes you actually realize it's an illusion you're like whoa yeah something big just happened (laughs) so oh yeah if someone listening could only change one thing to highly optimize their life what would you suggest that one thing would be doug pillar Ooh, like um man right now (laughs) yep right now try and breathe as much as you can through your nose awesome Right. I feel like um, that's so important. Right. Even when you are, even, and my challenge to you would be, even when you feel like you want to take these giant gaping panic breaths in a workout, mm-hmm. um, my challenge to you is that your body's working too hard. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, close your mouth and try to, the way, the way you get yourself, the way you catch your breath when you want to take those giant panic breaths, it's into, it's counterintuitive, but if you can endure a little bit of discomfort, I promise you, close your mouth and breathe through your nose and you will, your body will calm down faster. Um, when you go and do steady state cardio or when you're lifting weights, try and breathe as much as you can through your nose. Your body will tell you how hard it wants to be working and you will be highly optimized. Hell yeah, I love that, man. So, guys, was I right or was I right? From the first second I met Doug, I immediately knew I had met a long, long friend and brother, lifelong friend and brother. The energy he brings to life is refreshing, exciting, and exactly what the world we live in today is so desperately in need of. If you are someone who is looking to be at the top of their game and have found yourself in need of some assistance, do not look any further than Doug. Doug, thank you again for hopping on the podcast for a powwow with me today. I appreciate you and am sending all my love your way. Till next time, everyone, may your journey of life be smooth, exciting, and full of love. Namaste. Peace, my man. Love you, brother. Love you too, man. Take care. You too. What is up, everybody? I hope you are all enjoying the show, and I wanted to stop by real quick and share a little bit about our latest podcast sponsor, Freedom Builders. Now, Freedom Builders are a team of graphic designers, website creators, videographers, social media marketing experts, and coaches that build out your custom online business from A to Z. This is a done-for-you service, which means they do the work for you while you get to put your focus back on what you love most, which is coaching your clients and bringing in sales. Now, as a former online fitness coach, Mike knows where your struggle points are and exactly how to help you overcome them. This is why he created Freedom Builders, so that you can scale your business while protecting your time and your energy. Now, you guys know that delegation is a business superpower, and you can activate this superpower today by scheduling a complimentary call with Mike at freedombuilders with a z on the end.com so you can start building the freedom that allows you to take your business to the next level. Alex and I recently connected with Freedom Builders for our Connect with Cannabis build out and we could not have been happier with the results. With Mike and his team, they were able to go through an outline and create a personalized program for our experience, develop our brand identity, build and design a custom branded webpage, professionally edit our program video content custom design all of our slide presentations, automate our email marketing sequences, 
create a seamless payment system for our offer, design unique infographics for our social media content, and guide us through our proven launch blueprint to generate organic leads through our social media. So if you're a coach, facilitator, or healer listening to this ad right now, and you are looking to put freedom back into your life, once again, go to freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, .com, and book your complimentary call today. I hope you all enjoy the rest of the show, and I'm wishing you the best day ever.